Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How about you? Yeah, I'm great too. And I'm looking so forward to talking to you today. Yeah, today we're going to talk about international mysteries. And I'll start us off with a little bit of an introduction. So I think there's a couple of ways that we can think about international crime. Uh, Thrillers where the action takes place in multiple countries, spy and political thrillers are really good examples of this. But there are also books that are written by authors from outside North America and the UK. And often, you know, these are written in, in languages other than English, and so we get to read the translations. Popular fiction is translated as a way to reach broader audiences. Agatha Christie's works have been translated into 100 languages and Arthur Conan Doyle's into 70. And just as they inspired generations of authors writing in English, I think we can safely say that they have inspired many international authors. We learned in our Villains episode about Arsène Lupin, who was created by Maurice Leblanc in 1905, and several of his stories feature a character that was directly inspired by Doyle's detective Sherlock Holmes. But earlier detective stories were also translated. In France, Baudelaire translated Edgar Allan Poe's stories in the 1850s. And perhaps some of Poe's stories inspired Gaston Leroux, whom we mentioned in our Locked Room episode. His book, The Mystery of the Yellow Room, appears on many lists of great locked room mysteries. It was originally published serially in France in 1907, uh, and the first English translation was um, made available in 1909, and an English theatrical adaptation was performed in 1920. Jumping ahead, the 1990s and the early 2000s saw the rising popularity of crime fiction from Scandinavia with readers outside the Nordic countries. Henning Mankell's Kurt Wallander series in the 1990s was one of the first of these darker, grittier books. Uh, and there are, you know, television adaptations, both in English and in Swedish. Other authors include Jo Nesba from Norway and Holt, also from Norway. But I thought we could start talking uh, about the wildly popular Millennium series by Stig Larsson. Uh, that series has sold over 80 million copies. Transla- it's been translated and published in 50 countries. What I think is really interesting is that all of the books, both the Swedish and the translated versions, were published after his death. So the first Swedish edition was published in 2005, and that's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, and then movies followed that in Swedish and English, with three Swedish films released in 2009. Uh, and two English in 2011 and 2018. And I think there might be another one that's in the works. The rights to the original books were recently sold, and another author has been commissioned to write three more books in the series. So, Brooke, are you one of the uh, 80 million people who has read uh, books from this series? I am. I am. I, I believe I've only read the first book in the series, but... um but I, I loved it. I thought it was a really great, a really great story. And I remember feeling immediately sad to think like Larson had no idea what a huge sensation his book was. I also remember thinking how well the translation was done because, um, you know, sometimes that's a challenge reading something that's been translated, but the book read really well. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I read, I think I read all three of those 
books in the trilogy. And I think there might be, there might have been a few more that were released because I think when he died, there were notes of um, future stories. And, and, you know, I think perhaps that's what, um, uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me, the name of the author who's been commissioned to continue the series. I have read some of what is considered, you know, Scandi Noir, um, in addition to, uh, to these books. And I'm not sure that I would necessarily lump them all together. And, and, and perhaps it's unfair for us to, um, categorize all of the books from a particular region as belonging to a single category. Mm -hmm. Um, because most of the other ones that I've read, you know, uh, and I haven't read any Wallander, but I've, I've watched the um, Swedish and the English versions, um, you know, they're police procedurals. Um, and they are slower paced, um, and but they're certainly darker than a lot of what we might consider fiction coming out of North America or fiction coming out of the UK. Um, I think in the like early 2010s, uh, there were several series from Denmark, from Iceland, um, and maybe from Sweden that, um, that I, that we watched that, yeah, they were, they were very dark. Um, so I don't know if you saw the bridge. Mm -mm. So that is set. I think it's a co-production, uh, Danish and, and Swedish and it's, um, the premise is that there's a crime that's committed right on the border. Uh, so there's a bridge that that um, links the two countries and like in the middle of the bridge, there's a crime. And so they need investigators from from both countries to be involved. Um, and I, like I remember watching it and thinking, I have never seen anything that is, that is like this before. Um, and then we watched an, a show that was a French crime procedural called spiral uh and it was even darker like both literally uh, and figuratively right like the all the scenes were dark but the content was also very dark so you know this is not midsummer murders or uh, mm -hmm. uh murder she wrote in terms of the the kind of content that we're that we're talking about um and you know i don't have any numbers but i would guess that they are not as popular right now where everything in the world seems pretty dark uh, and i think we've talked about that in the past right where um i think it was francis from chronicles of crime who said that during the pandemic it was agatha christie and cozy mysteries that people yes. were really looking to um to read so um it would be interesting to kind of map the popularity of of some of these genres against things that are happening in the world and kind of the the mood generally of of populations absolutely and i think you're right we shouldn't lump uh an area together in you know a a, a subgenre so to speak of like the, the scandi noir but then again, you can't deny the fact that that is when you pick up a book from a Scandinavian mystery author, you know what you're going to get. And, um, you know, I've read some articles about uh, why that is. And um, maybe they're theories, but, you know, the long, cold winters, there's a lot of darkness and uh, that grim feeling when you're in those places of the world. Um, and, you know, that's something that international um 
mystery fiction in general can do for us. You can actually sort of travel when you're not able to travel and go to those different places in in the world. And, you know, that's what you're going to get if you go to Scandinavia. No, that's a, that's a great point, Brooke. And that is one of the appeals, certainly for me as a reader, if I'm picking up something, you know, originally written in another language, I'm hoping to learn a little bit more about the um, the characters and the and the place and and how they live and how that might be different from um, from what I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. For sure, I feel like that this is probably a hole in my reading um, as a native English speaker. We, um, it's the pro and the con. We have so much to read, right? So much that's accessible to us in English. But the bad thing about that is we don't really ever have to think about <laughs> the the work that's being published in other languages. So it's it's a hole, I will admit, in my reading. And, um, but this week I picked up. So this uh, woman's name, uh, the author is Maria Angelica Bosco, and she is actually known as the Argentinian Agatha Christie. And so I thought, okay, I've got to, I've got to try reading this. And she, um, she was, uh, with us from 1909 to 2006. And, um, so I read death takes the elevator, which is also entitled death going down. And I could see why she was uh, referred to, uh, you know, compared with, Agatha Christie. She writes very economically, very concise language. Um, and there was that feel to it that, you know, the way in the way she told the story, but it was really fun to, as you say, you know, go to, uh, Argentina. This was right after the Second World War when we had lots of Europeans that were coming to live in Argentina. So it was a apartment building filled with Germans and other people from uh, European countries that had convened in this Argentinian uh, apartment building where a murder takes place. So I would recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. And we definitely got the flavor, you know, speaking of like the types of activities they take during the day, as far as like the, um, the way their meal structure went, what they were eating, you know, you got, to, you got a little international flair there. Oh, that's, that sounds really good. I, I've never, um, I've never read anything by her. I've read a couple of books by uh, Kigo Hikashino, uh, who is Japanese. Um, so one of my favorite reads last year was The Devotion of Suspect X. So I think Hikashino is one of Japan's leading authors. Um, he sold over 800,000 copies of his books in Japan, um, has more film and TV adaptations than many authors that... Um, you know, we're familiar with and Tom Clancy, for example, um, and definitely gave a glimpse into daily life um, uh, for his characters. I, I, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed that book. Um, and then a long time ago, I read his book Malice, um, which, I, if I remember correctly, is a locked room mystery, and it was also very, very good. Um, so I would, yeah, I would definitely recommend either of those books. I think that one thing that, um, if you're going to dive into picking up a translation, you have to almost take it as if you're reading, um, I liken it to 
reading something in English that's from an older era. Um, you're going to have maybe some of the same struggles with um, some of the language and um, just sayings, things like that. Because it's translated, it may not um, come across exactly to uh, what we expect to hear. Uh, but if you give uh, it some time and you settle in, then you'll get acquainted with the rhythm and the language. And it's just so worthwhile to get these other perspectives, um, different flavors of crime fiction, because there's going to be different um, cultural flavorings that are really fun. And to recognize that mystery is not just a Western world phenomena. This is a worldwide uh, thing that psychologically we love a good mystery no matter where we are in the globe. And I was um, really happy referring to the Bosco uh title that I read, uh, Pushkin Vertigo. This is a uh, portion of Pushkin Press um, are working to translate some of these older mysteries that were written by authors around the world. So their website has a great selection of all international uh, titles, and they say best of crime fiction from all four corners of the globe. Before we were um, going to do this episode, um, I came across a what I now realize is quite a lengthy series of short stories. Um, so Akashic Books, which I believe is based in Brooklyn, um, has published over 120 titles uh, of short stories featuring crime fiction crime fiction set in different countries. Uh, so for this episode, I started reading um, a few of the stories from Accra Noir, and they give a taste of crime and life in Ghana. But uh, I had previously read Vancouver Noir, which is part of the same series. Um, and uh, yeah, it does give, you know, as as someone based in Vancouver, I can, I can, say it does give a sense of of being in the city and I'm so excited that there are so many more books and places in this in this series to explore and several are in North America you know um, in the US and there's a couple of others that are that are set in Canadian cities but I'm most excited about the ones that are uh, set in set in other cities and you know that they're written by people who are um, you know, either live in or have very strong connections with those with those places. Oh, those sound fantastic. I love that. You know, so far we've just been talking about reading, but we can also get international mystery from the screen. And a, a new series that I'm just loving on Netflix is the Lydia Poet. Uh, she is an Italian attorney sleuth. Um, this is a historical series. And um, I watched one episode and I'm hooked. It's really good. Um, the premise is that this young Italian woman has gone to school and is an attorney, but um, in the era that it's set in, she is unable to practice law. And um, so she is uh, a amateur sleuth who is a uh, solving crimes and her brother is also an attorney so she can use his connections a little bit to solve her cases and um, it's great it uh, is obviously in Italian but um, as I've mentioned before I love the fact that you can now choose your language in Netflix so if you'd rather not read the subtitles you can listen to it um, in English or in your home language and um, it's a great great series 
Oh, I have that on my list, Brooke, of um, Netflix titles that I want to watch, but I haven't had a chance yet to to start it. But um, after hearing that, I think I'll have to bump it up and uh, and watch it soon. But you're right. There are lots of uh, examples of of mysteries that we can watch on the screen from from other countries. And so, you know, I mentioned uh, the bridge, uh, and around the same time was um, missing. Uh, and then there is also a series um, from Iceland uh, that is, I think it's called Trapped. Um, and both The Bridge and Missing um, were so popular that uh, there were uh, English adaptations of those stories, so set, um, set in the US. Uh, I don't know that they, I think there's a challenge when you change the setting it changes the um the feel of the stories and so i'm not sure that they were as popular um or achieved the same um success that the originals did but you know um certainly i think those are available for people to find if they wanted if they wanted to watch uh and another series that i'm going to mention um that kind of fits in this category is Hinterland. So it um, first aired in 2014 uh, and it's actually Welsh. And so, you know, Wales is is part of the UK, but the reason I wanted to mention it um, is because the same actors filmed the English and the Welsh versions. Uh, so they recorded each scene in both languages, which I, I'm not familiar with any other production that has done that because, you know, in the um, example of, of the bridge or, or missing, it's a totally different cast and a totally different setting. But with this, it was the same, um, the same actors uh, just performing each scene um, once in Welsh and once in English, which I think is fascinating. Wow. I did. I had never heard that. And what an undertaking. That would be a, a huge project, but super, super interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch some episodes of that and, and take that into account. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it is pretty dark. Um, I, you know, I, I think like you mentioned with, um, Scandinavia, I think the, you know, the, surroundings are, are pretty rugged and, and can be pretty harsh. And so I think that lends itself to some of that darker, those darker themes. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. And I think it might be on Netflix. Um, but I'm sure you can, you can track it down. I'm wondering if our DNA plays a part at all into the stories that we're drawn to, because, you know, according to the online service, uh, I'm, you know, majority Northern European, and I love all those dark, brooding, uh, slow storytelling. And my husband uh, is of Germanic descent, and he cannot take it. He wants some action. He wants some gritty, uh, you know, fast-paced storytelling. So I don't know. I just have to wonder if there's something in our DNA. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. But I think you said this earlier, like you can kind of say if if a book or, or a show is from a, a particular place and, and you'll have an expectation of what what that pacing is going to be like, right? Um, so yeah, maybe maybe there's something to that. <laughs> uh, another 
author that I wanted to mention is Dion Meyer. Um, and so he has written several books um, and he's got a, a, a police procedural series. Um, all of his books are set in post-apartheid South Africa uh, and they were originally written in Afrikaans. Uh, which is one of the official languages in in South Africa. Uh, I really have enjoyed the um, police procedural series. So his character, Benny Kriesel, is a character who is a detective with the prestigious uh, murder investigation unit. And it definitely gives some insight into daily life and frustrations and some of the issues that people in the country are, are wrestling with. Um, and one of the things that I like about his books in particular is the characters, this is true of the way a, a lot of people in South Africa speak and uh, a lot of the television programming that that comes out of there, um, the characters speak in multiple languages. So, mm -hmm. you know, everybody when they're going to school there learns English, learns Afrikaans, um, and may learn some other languages um, just because of their, their um, home communities. Uh, and so a lot of people will move very fluently, um, very easily between these languages when they're speaking. Uh, and that happens a little bit in the books, um, which I think is really, really neat to see. Oh, I love that. I love that. I live in a community where uh, we have a lot of people who move between uh, Spanish and English interchangeably, and you have to keep up with, with the conversation. So I just love knowing that about, about that part of the world as well. And I think that that brings up a really good point, Sarah. We've, we've mentioned before that, yes, we're talking about genre fiction. We're talking about entertaining um, books and shows, but that doesn't mean that these stories aren't also teaching us about the world or making really important points about the struggles of different people or, um, you know, making political statements, for instance, or, you know, there's messages in these stories, whether or not it's primarily for entertainment or not. And that's definitely something that we get from these stories from around the world, which is where, you know, I started out saying um, it's worth it to read some of these books that maybe they've been translated from another language or um, they're just set in a different area. It's worth it to go out there and find these stories because you're going to learn about the world. You're going to learn about different people. And, um, and, it, and it's, it's valuable. I agree. And if nothing else, it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. So Brooke, most of the examples that we've talked about so far have been pretty dark. Um, and a lot of them are police procedurals. But if someone is looking for a lighter, cozy mystery, they might enjoy the Auntie Lee series by Ovidia Yu. So these are set in Singapore. And I don't actually think that these are translated. I think they're originally written in English. But they certainly are set in Singapore and give a really good sense of um, uh, you know the the food and the and the lives that some people um, living in in Singapore um, are experiencing. Oh, those sound like a lot of fun, Brooke. As ever, we have just touched on a few examples of international crime fiction, and there are so many others. Um, we'd love to hear from our listeners if they've got any recommendations of some international crime fiction that we should be checking out. Yes, absolutely. I definitely have added some categories to my TBR list uh, through this research. So it's going to be fun. And I'm sure this is a topic we'll revisit in the future. But for today, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Steven. 
Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.